Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another interesting week. So many things happening. But I love it so much, though, what is happening now. The, the Trump years were difficult to handle. Uh, whether you were listening to it or you were talking about it as I, I was doing. Uh, now things seem to be a bit different. We're talking about normal news, quote unquote. Anyhow, tonight we're going to be we're going to touch base in India uh, with coronavirus. We are going to talk about a new pandemic in the United States uh, has nothing to do with coronavirus. We're, we're going to chat about the the NRA getting thrown out of bankruptcy court. Uh, the case didn't belong there, the bankruptcy judge said, and it's the attorney general's case that she is prosecuting against the NRA for corruption that is now alive again. Uh, Mar-a-Lago, would you believe this? Trump has been designated an employee of Mar-a-Lago because if, if he's an employee, he can be a resident there. If he's not an employee, he can't be a resident. I'll explain later on. Price of groceries going crazy. The price of gasoline is going to shoot up. California did such a great thing. I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, and the Florida Keys, the cost of coming here is out of sight. I don't believe we're charging big prices for everything. I'm afraid that the city fathers and those who promote tourism are going to kill the goose that lays the golden egg. We shouldn't be getting a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred forty dollars a night for some hotel rooms. Anyhow, those are some of the things we're going to cover tonight. And on the way, we're going to go to India, Key West, Texas, Colorado, Washington D.C., Palm Beach, California, the villages in Florida, Tennessee and the Mexican Wall. So let's start with India. Uh, when coronavirus first hit in this country, and it was bad, and it was sitting around the world, India was like getting a free walk. Their numbers weren't bad. No one understood why, but their numbers weren't bad. Well, they're paying, wherever their sins were, they're paying for them now. Uh, they're getting killed in India with the virus. They are getting killed to the extent of 300,000 to 400,000 new cases a day. Did you hear me? 300,000 to 400,000 new cases a day. They can't get enough oxygen. We, the United States, are shipping them oxygen. Other countries are too. They don't have enough oxygen. The people in the hospital are gasping for breath. They don't have enough crematorium space, okay? So the way they're, they're burning their dead uh, before they bury them or the ashes, they're just doing it in open garages, like big garages. And on concrete, they put a body here, and then maybe 20, 30 feet later, they put another body, and they burn it. And hopefully they remember who it is so they can collect the ashes. Things are tough, okay? Okay. Uh, I'm not trying to be amusing, but let me share this with you, and this is what I thought. During this crisis that we're still going through here, though it's getting better in most areas, uh, people were saying, I don't need the shot. I don't believe in the vaccine. I'm not going to use a mask. It's my freedom not to wear a mask. You can't tell me, okay? Uh, 
And uh, that's terrible. That's terrible. And I think a lot more people got sick and died in this country because they wouldn't wear their masks and do their social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, someone else picked up on this, a local. The Key West uh, Citizen runs a column every day called The Citizen's Voice. It's tough to be discussed, to be talked about in The Citizen's Voice. I mean, whoever writes a comment and it gets printed, it's right between the eyes. And this one, and I quote, and it's about India and so forth. Why don't all the people who don't believe in vaccinations and masks go over to India? Then they could really test their theories and see how that goes. They could really test their theories and see how that goes. And that's the story with India. Sad situation. Uh, I don't know if they're as stupid as we were, but sad situation. Okay, there's a new pandemic in this country. I don't know if it's ever been labeled a pandemic. We know coronavirus was. I don't ever remember hearing the word pandemic before coronavirus. Was the flu called a pandemic? Uh, was tuberculosis called a pandemic? I don't know, but it's a pandemic. Well, I describe what is happening now, a pandemic also. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the mass shootings that are going on in this country. Do you realize, and I'm sure you do, that every day, almost every day, there is a mass shooting in this country. Let's put it in perspective. The most recent uh, was in Colorado. Six people killed. Okay, one mass shooting. Colorado, in the entire weekend, just passed, had nine mass shootings. Nine mass shootings. One had six people being killed. But that was only part of nine. Nine mass shootings in the weekend. What's going on? What is going on? You know, the Second Amendment grants a right to have a gun. It is not a license to kill, however. And people are taking the gun and its use as a license to kill. And you see what's happening, what has been happening for years, except it's getting more repetitive now. Are we ever going to get anything done? I don't know, because dealing with guns is something that requires bipartisanship, and we ain't even close to bipartisanship on anything right now, or will be, I believe, this year. Okay. The NRA. If any organization deserves bad luck, it's the National Rifle Association. Just think. How many killings there have been over the years? Because the NRA always comes out with, excuse me, my friend, some bullshit line that this isn't bad, it's not the way to handle it, and they have a better solution, which is a watered-down solution and does not accomplish much. And in the meantime, because the NRA is a front for the gun manufacturers, understand this, not the people who have their, get their, become members because they like to shoot guns, they're there, but the big money comes from the gun manufacturers, and they're the front for the gun manufacturers. Well, Last year, the Attorney General in New York State, her name's Latita James. She's a tough woman. She is a tough woman. And this is an example. She went after the NRA and its director, Wayne LaPierre. We've seen him so many times on television. And she said, hey, you guys, you're doing something wrong up there. 
And there are regulations, which you're not following, that do apply to guns, have been out there and passed regulations in New York State that you are not following. And she brought a massive regulatory action failing to follow the rules and regulations. Criminal. These people go to jail. Okay. Uh, the NRA, smart asses. i got to put it that way. I thought it was a brilliant move at the beginning. I didn't know how it was going to hold up. I just found out what happened is, uh, I think it was this morning, or if it wasn't this morning, just the afternoon, but I believe it was this morning. The NRA filed for bankruptcy. Bankruptcy to avoid this criminal action for corruption, okay, and not following necessary regulations, proper regulations in New York State. And they thought they could avoid Attorney General Lolita James of New York State by filing for bankruptcy. Not only did they file for bankruptcy, they filed in Dallas, Texas in bankruptcy court. Now, why they went to Dallas, people know now. They went to Dallas. They, they should have done this, by the way, in New York or some other big city up north. No, they went to Dallas. They thought they could sneak their bankruptcy petition and, and get away with it. The world would never know. They did this in January. Well, whoever the bankruptcy judge is, and I don't have his name here, tough guy, okay, tough guy, he decided must be this morning, decided this morning, he threw out the NRA's bankruptcy case. Let me tell you something right now. I was not a bankruptcy lawyer. Peripherally, I got involved in some bankruptcy matters due to my environmental work, but I was not a bankruptcy lawyer per se. But in my 46 years of practicing law, I never heard of a bankruptcy judge throwing a case out of the bankruptcy court saying it doesn't fit here. Because the bankruptcy courts, people file because they can't pay their bills generally. And they say, oh, I'm being persecuted. And they get away with murder. They get to write off 100000 200 a few million dollars. So the NRA said, oh, we got a lot of debts. Well, they didn't have a lot of debts. They got a lot of profit, too. But they filed in Dallas. And they made another mistake. And the judge, in throwing it out, made mention of these two things. Number one, they ran around all over the United States to find the best court to file, and they went to Dallas. And this is a judge for the Dallas Bankruptcy Court. Number two, they never notified any members, not even one member, of their board of directors that they were filing a bankruptcy proceeding on the part of the NRA. Now, you can't do that. you got to go to your board all the time and let them know. They might have said no, because this was a sham. Do you hear me? This was a sham. Well, I'm going to tell you now, they're going to get, they're going to get their due to some extent. I'm not saying it's going to help the, 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 the gun laws in this country. But the wrongs that they have done, to some degree, there's going to be punishment for the organization, for somebody like Wayne LaPierre, its director, for some of the other big guys running the, the thing. Uh, they're going to get their just due. It may take a year or two, but they're on the road to a bit of devastation. And God bless them. They deserve it. William Barr, former Attorney General of the United States. My advice to him tonight is get yourself an attorney. What the hell are you doing? You don't have a lawyer yet. He's in trouble. We, you know, 
I, on the show and in my blog over the last couple of years when he was attorney general, I said, I don't know how he can do this. He's got to get in trouble. No lawyer would do what he was doing. It's just wrong, and you don't even get close. People think lawyers are cheats. We're not. Put that aside. You don't even, lawyers don't even get close to that kind of a line. He was going over it all the time. So now he's out, okay? The, uh, there's a judge in federal court, I think in Washington, Judge Amy Berman Jackson. She's a tough woman, apparently. Uh, her decisions, Barr, this is terrible for him. I'm laughing. Barr was a fixer and corrupter of justice, quote, unquote. Barr was a fixer and corrupter of justice. Can you imagine that in a federal lawsuit? He also, the rule of law was out the window with Barr. Barr threw the rule of law out the window, she wrote. Me. What do I say? Well, a lawyer has only one thing, his reputation. Trust me, most lawyers respect that. You've got to be ethical. You have to be honorable. Uh, or people aren't going to want you to represent them because you're not trustworthy. And people who do, lawyers who are unethical and devious, et cetera, generally get caught down the road at some point. It happens. Well, Barnes gotten caught. And they're going to come out. They said this, the court said they're coming out with another ruling at the end of this week or at the beginning of next week that's going to further spell out some of the wrong things that Barr did. He, he, he actually did not quote papers correctly and things like that. Uh, everything was pro-Trump, and a lot of it should have been anti-Trump, but he didn't do his job. Okay? So he sullied his career. He doesn't have to practice anymore, though, unless he works for his fellow inmates in jail. Uh there's been a series of wrongdoings on, on, on Barr's part. No question. It isn't one, two, or three. I'll bet you there's 25 or 50. It seemed like every day he was doing something wrong. And they're coming home to roost. They're coming home to roost. Now, Trump went to live in Mar-a-Lago last year when it looked like he was probably going to lose, maybe last summer, maybe in the spring, I don't know. He's owned Mar-a-Lago for years. I think it, I, might, I may be wrong in this. It's 93 or 2003 he bought the place. And he bought it with the intent and purpose of making a club out of it. And Palm Beach, before they would permit him to do anything there, went over everything to make sure – there were not going to be any people living there except for employees. The people of Palm Beach did not want residents. There'd be a ton of residents if they could live in, in Mar-a-Lago. It's a big operation. They didn't want that around their homes and their part of Palm Beach. So the Palm Beach attorney took the case to court. Trump's attorneys threw up, well, we have this agreement. And I talked about this on the show and wrote about it uh, last year in the summertime. The agreement came up, and it was analyzed by both sides. And the indication was Trump was leaning on that he was an employee. But was he an employee? So here's how it came down. Last week, the Palm Beach attorney ruled, because he had to make the decision to advise his client, the Palm, Palm uh, Beach 
county commissioners. He ruled uh, that Trump was, if Trump, let me do it, if Trump was officially an employee, quote, unquote, an employee of Mar-a-Lago, and then he said, as a, and I quote again, bona fide employee, unquote, he had a right to make the club his main main address. In other words, if he was an employee there, because that was the exception, that he wouldn't let any, employ, any people live there, if he was an employee. Now, I don't know when Trump became an employee. I suspect it's been recently, in the last week, when it was obvious what the decision was coming down. So he is now uh, an employee. <laughs> he just got another paycheck. That's all very simple. But this guy's terrific. He gets away with murder. i got to tell you something. Uh, California. California is taking a beating the last few years. My God, the, 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 the conservative right, the religious right, uh, the gays, everybody's getting cracked on it in California. And there, there's justifiable re- reasons for some of the things. Uh, but they're taking a beating. I, I believe they're trying to, there's a petition out there that see, oh, so has been completed or is in the process of being completed uh, to recall the governor, Newscombe and have a new election. He's a Democrat, by the way. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Something came out yesterday, and if I was a resident of California, even though I hate the present governor, I would not support uh, the recall uh, motion. I'll tell you why. The budget was announced yesterday that the California budget is in the black. In the black! Because of last year, $75 billion. In other words, they didn't piss away $75 billion in California last year. It's holdover money that are going to this year's budget, less taxes for the California people. No state, it's rare when a state, okay, ends up in the black. Most governmental agencies end up in the red. So this is a compliment to California, and they should say, hey, this, this guy isn't that bad, the governor. Okay. I have been speaking, I've been repeating this tonight, and I apologize, I'm not showing off or anything, but these are things that, and everybody, I think, on the social media and so forth has been talking about newsworthy items. The last couple of years, these are things that happened uh, during Trump's presidency. The price of groceries has continued to go up the last four or five years. Uh, I've written about this many times. Interestingly, because what I'm going to share with you now is going to show a dramatic increase by the end of the year. Interestingly, I talk to people. I'm not a reporter. But when I go out, i got my, my little notebook I carry in my pocket with my pen, and I start asking people questions, and they all are happy to answer. Do you know how few people believe that the cost of groceries have gone up in the last four or five years. It's so small each time, but it builds, and they're not aware of it. I can't believe These are intelligent people. This is what I was talking about. It just keeps going up. Well, anyhow, here's what's happening. We're in trouble. The cost of groceries is going to get out of hand this year. Uh, some economists feel uh, the um, inflation is going to come into play. And it's felt that this inflation is going to come into play this year, okay? 
will force United States households, the households of our country, to spend 40% of their disposable income on groceries. In other words, 40% of the free bucks they have when they come home, they're going to have to spend on groceries. How can you afford that? We're not there yet. Let me, let me show, give you some of the indications or things that are happening that support this. Do you know that the price of corn has gone up 142% in the last 12 months? 142% in the last 12 months. My advice, my friends, stop eating corn. Oh, my God, I know there are commercial uses for it and so forth. That's dramatic, 142%. Uh, food prices in general have been going up. And, hold on a second here. Uh, it seems they, they keep going up about 10% each time. I find it lesser, but I'm not an economist. Now, what's happening is the poorest of Americans, because when I give you these figures, they're for an average American family's disposable income. If the disposable, the disposable income in 2019, okay, these are United States government figures, the poorest Americans spend more than the average, okay? The average was 36% then, two years ago of their disposable income, and people say, my groceries don't cost more. I know they cost more, and I'm a single guy. Anyhow, that means that their income, the poorer people in the country, their disposable income can't handle 36%, so it's not really 36%. It may be 45% or close to 50 and there are people in this country that are not eating well or properly because they can't afford that higher percentage to pay for groceries. Now, some economists, I don't know if I'm repeating myself now, believe that inflation will, will, will make the cost of groceries go as high as 40% of dis, disposable income for the average family, okay? Actually, they think it could even shoot to 50% of disposable income for an average family. Uh, inflation has been moving up, and recently, in this year, it's the, the inflation factor moving up is the largest month-to-month -month increase in nine years. And it hasn't gone up that much, but it's, it's sneaking there, folks. But it's the largest month-to-month -month increase in nine years. There is a fear on the part of the money people, the economists, that this is going to lead to disaster. Now, what's happened is the government's spending a lot of money. Do you realize that Trump, Biden already, is talking about $11 trillion he's going to spend? We don't have $11 trillion. We don't have 11 cents. Everything we need, we borrow, most of it from China. God help us if China ever calls in the notes. Anyhow. A government that doesn't have that kind of money, $11 trillion, they can't even conceive of it. They have to borrow it, okay? And that's the only way. But I think it's all right to borrow that kind of money this year. We are in such terrible trouble. Trump left us in such a bad situation that the only way to get out of it is to bury our people in money so they can spend their way out of our recession economic problems brought on by the pandemic 
primarily, though, I will acknowledge that. Now come the stimulus checks. People love getting these stimulus checks. I got them, too. I love getting the stimulus checks. Uh, who gets free money? Well, I read this comment somewhere. Uh, will people remember the stimulus checks? Or will people have, appreciate the stimulus checks if down the road a cart full of groceries will cost them $40? $400, rather, $40. We'll all pay $40. A cart full of groceries will cost them $400. Okay, uh, there's a national crisis coming. This is what a majority of the economists are saying. I hope they're wrong. But they say it's on its way, and I've been complaining about the price of groceries because being single for 15 years, I do my own grocery shopping now. Never did it before, and I'm aware. I see something, you know, that was, let's say, 20 cents last week, and this week is 23 cents or 25. I know I'm getting screwed. Okay, now moving on. The price of gasoline going to go up. Look what happened. Cybersecurity was breached. Some Russian organization did it. And so far, the price of gasoline in the Keys, in the Key West area, is only going up 10 cents a gallon. Okay. However, it's going to go up more and more because they don't have enough gasoline. <laughs> I'm laughing again. And I'm irritated. I'm irritated that the cybersecurity thing happened. It was a breach. I'm irritated that we are so sophisticated, and I can't blame Biden, he just became president. We are such a sophisticated nation, whether it was Bush too, it was Clinton, Obama, whoever it was, they didn't take the proper steps to protect against these cybersecurity uh, dangers. We're the, supposed to be the smartest people in the country, we should know. Number two, if we know who they are, we should have taken means of punishment. We should have gone right out and punished these people in Russia who did this. It's obviously not the government. Now, we haven't moved our asses yet. And Biden's saying, well, I'm going to be meeting with Trump, with Putin soon, and we'll discuss it. Here's what's happening. Putin is the richest man in Russia. He has a piece of everything. He gets money from every operation. Don't you think he's getting a piece of this huge gas line in the United States that runs from Texas to New Jersey? Uh, and I think, I, I, this, I could be wrong, I just suspect, believe, that we're not jumping on top of it because we're going to hurt Putin's pocketbook. And if that's the case, that's wrong. You've got, somebody hits you, you've got to hit him back right away. This was a big blow. We should have gone out. We know who they are. we got to know what kind of factories, what kind of computers they use, what kind of power. Let's go blow up some of their operations. Okay? We have the power to do it. Russia isn't going to go to war with us. They don't want a war. <laughs> All right? Very simple. And that's the story about gasoline. Uh, let's see. What am I doing now? I've got about three minutes left, I see here. Florida Keys. My, what a wonderful week it's been. Uh, uh, Condé Nest, big travel magazine. Key West, one of the top three cities in the United States that people want to go to for a vacation. Uh, 
another TripAdvisor, somebody else had an article, how everyone wants to come to Key West and how expensive it is. And the third article that I read yesterday morning by someone else, this is horrible. Key West is the most expensive town for a hotel room in the world. I kid you not. Now, I live here. I know. Let me tell you something. Our hotels are getting $800,000, $1,100 a night. I thought it was the better ones alone. Uh, you know, the Pier House, Ocean Key, Casa Marina, but it isn't. We've got a boulevard. And on the boulevard, we've got relatively new motels. They're cheapies. Not cheapy, cheapy, but they're not downtown. You've got to take a car. You've got to get a cab. You can't walk it. Uh, and they're not fancy. They don't have fancy restaurants in them, most of them. And so they don't have, I don't think any of them have a fancy restaurant. Well, one of them for the Easter weekend was getting $1,240 a night for some of their rooms. Hey, we're going to kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. Key West business people have become pigs. It can't last. Very simple. My warning, I'm going to be defecated on tomorrow and the next day because I'm saying this by people down here. Anyhow, my friends, that's it for tonight, folks. Thank you for joining me. Good night.